Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Thank you for being patient with us last, last, it was all on my part. I had to 
the council last week, and so uh, I think Rodney just took advantage of the opportunity as well, because I would have as well just to kind of get a little break and take some time to unwind uh, and just kind of catch up. So I want to thank you guys for hanging in with us, coming on with us tonight. We're going to move pretty quickly, try not to keep you guys too, too long, but you know how we have to do it to get the point across. Um, phone lines are open. Remember, if you have a question or a comment and want to come on live with us, you only need to select the number one. If you if you called in using the 818-691-7406 number, uh, select the number one, and we'll pull you in with your questions or comments. Um, the chat line is open, and we'd like for you guys to, anyway, just register as a follower, and that way you can keep, keep up with our updates, uh, you can listen uh, to the show from anywhere. We probably can do that anyway, but it just it helps help our ratings as well. So just register as a follower. This is a great show, positive show. Um, so it's certainly something that we need your support with and for. Um, so if you have the opportunity, please do so. Please continue to share uh, Butterfly Evolution Radio Show with, with friends, family, and and anybody that you can think of, because we all need some form of change, motivation, trans- transformation, and all of that good stuff. Um, I want to remind everybody, because hopefully we, we continuously have new people coming on board, uh, even listening to the archive shows uh, as well. But Butterfly Evolution Radio Show is basically about self-awareness, self-accountability, all the self-things. Um, it's simply here to, to encourage our audience as well as ourselves. And to embrace life, to embrace change, and to develop those, those those wings, I'll say those wings that we need to just fly into our purpose and destiny. And I wanted to reshare that again tonight because I love tonight's topic. I love, love, love um, talking about matters of the heart. Can you hear me okay, Rodney? Yes, ma'am. You sound clear like today. That. Okay, great, great. So I love, love, love matters of the heart. The, the deeper I get into my own personal transformation, um, I kind of lean or get away from the mind. You kind of have to go through that whole renewing of the mind, but we'll get into that. So I love, love, love this topic. It is one of my favorites. Um, remind you of our baby can, our baby can, our butterfly baby, the trash can concept. Continue to move those trash cans. And the reason we ask you to do that is just to get you thinking, to help you recognize the importance or the need for change because our mind keeps up with even the most insignificant things as, as such as where we put our trash. So we ask that you move a trash can, one that you use frequently, and then monitor how often you return back to the old location of that trash can. And in doing that, allow yourself to just Think about your life. Um, I feel like we've become such a thoughtless world, um, individually as a whole as well, that we've become so conformed, I'll say, that uh, get caught up in the traditions of the world, traditions of the world and of people. And so move your trash can and then allow yourself again to think about the things that have just simply become a habit for you. And I've not shared this in a very long time, but, you know, we saw a thought, we weave in action, we saw action, we weave our habits, and our habits become character, and our character is leading us somewhere. Character is going to lead us to our destiny, basically who we are. And so we're going to get into a little bit 
about our character as well, the importance of knowing who you are, and, and also knowing who you are becoming. And if we look at our actions and, and our habits and our thought process, if we really pay attention, if we just silence the mind and the heart long enough to focus on ourselves and what we're doing and what's working and not working, um, but we're so busy until we don't even notice that the things that we think um, work for us, the things that we've become so accustomed to doing, to saying ways that we've been accustomed to feeling, getting caught up in our circumstances, our situations, our surroundings, our, our, our families, our friends, and all that. Um, this is a this show is about you tonight. I think it may not be the best way to say this, but be a little selfish tonight because you have to get it right for yourself in order to help people get it right. They need to see you doing and being especially happy, content, thankful, peaceful, um, all the joys of life that, that serving and seeking God produces. Um, not an easy process at all, people. It's not an easy process at all. But I, I can I can raise my hand and say that I am an example of transforming my life, my thinking. Um, and I still have a long way to go. But as I look back, wow, have come so far, so far. So that's what tonight's show about. Um, Rodney, I'll turn it over to you. Do we have, I think you told me no, but we do not have a vendor coming on tonight to talk about uh, the summit, right? The educational summit. Uh, no, we don't have anyone uh, coming okay. on tonight. Um, I didn't get a chance to uh, to go back and uh, 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 check in with them. Um, so I'll see if they are able to come on next Monday night. Okay, okay, that'll be good since we're only talking about going back to school and that kind of thing anyway. So it fits perfectly. Um, anything you want to add? What I'd like to do is read the topic description. Uh, before we start, and then maybe you want to share something about the Education Summit. I know that we're still looking for sponsors, donations, uh, small or large of people. You can contact Rodney. Um, we need vendors. You can purchase a spot in the in the program. Um, so just anything, any way that you want to contribute, Rodney, if you want to just tell them a little bit about the Educational Summit. Absolutely. Uh, we are we are hosting an education summit Saturday, September 26th. Uh, this will be at George Mason University from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, it is going to be a fabulous, uh, fabulous uh, event. I would encourage all of you to go ahead and register. Um, registration is free for this event. Uh, you can register at www.yourfaveteacher.com, and that's www. Y-O-U-R-F-A-V-T-E-A-C-H-E-R.com. I would encourage you to go ahead and do that. We have speakers from Virginia, Tennessee, Arkansas, uh, New York City, uh, just sharing their uh, experiences and talking about critical issues in education from within the classroom and direct contact with students. A lot of times when you hear people talking about education and what's going on in our schools or what's impacting our kids, there are people who don't deal with kids on a regular basis. There are, kids, there are people who are either uh, sitting behind a desk making educational policies. There are people reading off uh, news reports and, and then giving their two cents off of uh, what they don't know. 
but we wanted to keep this as as uh, real as possible. We want you to really understand what's going on in our classroom. Uh, Tammy, today um, at this, uh, this this training that I'm in, uh, I, I heard a teacher say something that was uh, familiar, the guy who's running the training, said something that's familiar to me because of what's going on in my school district, but he said uh, where he teaches at in Maryland, if the kid writes their name on the paper, that's all they have to do is write their name on their paper, they get a 50. They don't have to do any of the work. They just have to write their name on the paper. But these are the types of things that the public is unaware, and that's why we have an illiterate society. That's why we have an incompetent society. That's why uh, our slow learners, our uh, our impoverished children are growing up and getting into trouble, committing crimes, dying at an early age, ended up in prison because the system is not designed to help them succeed. The system is not designed to meet their needs. So that's why we want to do this education summit because we want to bring the truth to light and expose what's actually going on in our schools. So I would encourage all of you to register for this event. We have a dynamic keynote speaker. He was a custodian for 27 years, and now he's the principal of the same school he used to clean. So it's just going to be a great time. Again, we're still seeking sponsors, donations, anything you'd like to contribute. Uh, even if you don't contribute anything, you are still welcome at the Education Summit. But I promise you, you do not want to miss this Education Summit. And Roger didn't mention, it's free. It's free. And you guys, when you hear things like that, uh, about the child just has to write their name. Really listen at that and think about what is that saying for the for our future and the life of our young people. So so basically, to me, when I talk about a thoughtless world and a thoughtless set of people, I mean, why do we need to think? Everything is right here for our children. We don't we don't make it any different at home. Um, for the most of us, not saying all of us here on this on this line or on this call or on this show, but for the most part, our kids are not engaged. They don't have conversations. They wouldn't even know how to operate writing a letter, I don't think, these days. And so just to write your name and get a 50, and then when I think about what, what's going on in Memphis, as, uh, gosh, you you don't even, what a, a B or C here, I don't remember the exact scale, but I know we talked about it here on the show, but they are, you can fail and pass. I mean, what used to be failing for us, like, <laughs> you get to go on. And that is insane yep. to me. And as a parent, I would not allow that. As a parent, I mean, my goddaughter is one of them, the youngest one, is getting ready to go in kindergarten, and I'm texting her mom, where where did you decide to put her? Because you know what, that's going to be one of the schools I'm going to volunteer at. I'm putting that yeah. on my radar. And, and that's what we have to do. We have to be a mother and father to all these children because as we grow old, who do you think is going to be out there for us? And from the from the looks of it, from the rate that it's going, this this subject that we're talking about tonight, live from your heart, really, what heart, they will say. What is a heart? Especially what God says about your heart. So we have to we have to stop this madness. We have to stop this madness. So so basically, right now, it makes me think about also how they're building prisons based on the test scores, the reading scores, 
So so who's going to know how to read here? Of course, no one. So where are they going to go? And, and here's the thing, Tammy. Here's the thing that most people don't know. Prison, the prison industry is actually, it's almost completely private. So private, you yep. have the... You have you have these private companies who are now controlling the prisons, and there was a report released last month that these private uh, prisons are suing the state government yeah. for not having enough inmates. So these people are mad that they're working with the state, and the state is supposed to be supplying them with inmates, and they're saying. We don't have enough inmates. Now, what type of foolish world do we live in where people are mad that they don't have enough inmates? We shouldn't want any inmates. We should be working to make sure that all of our kids are educated. And that does not mean that they have to go to college. That doesn't, ha- that doesn't mean that they, that they need a master's or a Ph.D. That's, that's not education. What that means is that they are able to be productive citizens in an ever-changing society. That's what education is all about. I don't care if they're educated in how to fix a car. I don't care if they're educated and they know how to fix those machines at the grocery store that are self-operating now. They need an education. They need basic skills. But as long as the government is working with these multi-billionaire companies multi-billionaire people and making sure that our kids are in prison and we're sitting back and allowing it happen, this hashtag Black Lives Matter don't matter to nobody. Yep. Yep. Sure doesn't matter to them. And so you might be thinking, what does all this have to do with listening and live from your heart? You know, as you said about the privatizing of, of the prisons, you know, I would I would be willing to bet that that not only the companies that are involved in, in, in that business, so to speak, are also somewhere their hand is in what our children see on TV, uh, this school system. I think it's, it's deeper than we ever, ever can imagine. And if we don't take, like, take control, you guys, like, soon, if we don't start taking control of our household, our children, if we don't start being parents, mothers, fathers, if we don't start living right and honoring God, putting God first, choosing right over wrong, realizing that all lives matter, I'm, I'm all for black lives matter. But, but I want black lives to matter when it comes to our children in school who, who don't have a chance. I want that same black child, child's life to matter. I want it to matter when we're killing each other. I want it to matter when, when they just don't have a clue and they run across you, I want you to be that voice. I want you to feel responsible for all lives, especially ones that look like you, especially, but I'm saying all lives at the same time. And that is listening and living from your heart. It's not separating. It's praying for what we see going on in this nation and in this world. Because, again, the Word tells us that we wrestle against rulers of the darkness, Spiritual warfare, not against flesh and blood, but that spiritual warfare. And how do we wrestle against that? What is our armor? What do we defeat that with? Go right back to the Mm. Word, the Word of God. The Word of God. 
How often do we say in our words? So we're getting on into our subject, our topic tonight. How often do we pray? How often do we say in our words? How often do we choose right over wrong? How often do we choose what's in our heart rather than what's in our mind? What's the difference? When do we when do we let go of our feelings and emotions and just know that this is the right thing to do? That I'm going to check my own motives today. I'm going to check my own mindset, my own thinking. I'm going to check my own heart because now I know. I know. I know better. We're no longer children. For the most of us who are listening to this show, we are. We should not be on milk still. We should be on solid food, that word. We should have some understanding. Our eyes should be enlightened by now. All this stuff that's going on should not be a surprise to us. We should know. Let us gear up even the more. Let us gear. Instead of talking about what's going on now, why do you even mention talking about the young lady that was killed, I think Sandy? There was a young lady that was killed. It's like I just I, I, I don't want to talk about it anymore because that's how, it seems, to me it seems like talking about it, posting about it is enough for people. When does the action come? When does the, and first of all, the praying. When does the praying come? I've seen one person on Facebook, and I don't know if Miss Mary's on here, say, speak how I feel, that all this, this, these things are running, running rapid with the police officers, now, granted, I shouldn't say all, because some of them are just pure evil on both sides, black and white, pure evil. But a lot of this is, is basically evilness. Evilness, that spiritual darkness, it's too much happening. It's too, it's, it's too much of it everywhere. The same thing with our youth. I was so taken by children in Memphis just went preserved in the Wolf Chase Mall, a mall where they pretty much know police are right around the corner. I mean, you're going to go to jail if it was such a thing. Now they, they, they send the kids home and have to go to juvenile court. Same thing happened the night after, I believe, in Chicago. Same thing happened the night after that back in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm like, do we not see what's happening here? Spiritually, we're at spiritual war. Why are we losing? Because we're not fighting with with spiritual. We're not fighting the spiritual battle with 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 what is needed. That prayer, that word of God. We don't have the armor of God on. We got the armor of self, the armor of the world, uh, our feelings, our egos, our emotions, what we look like, what we live in, what we drive, and all of that. Having that at the forefront, your heart, your heart disappears in the midst of that. It really disappears. So I, I have a few. I want to read the, the discussion, the topic, um, here, and then let's get here. Okay, society has become accustomed to, and it's listen and live from your heart. Society has be, has become accustomed to the world, and many are living a superficial life allowing the noise of others' opinions to drown out their own inner voice and are living and are living in the trap of others people and living in the trap of other people's thinking. This trap leads to feelings of unworthiness, unhappiness, dissatisfaction and so much more. But most of all, it simply guides one from his or her purpose. In order to listen and live from your heart, 
one must be in tune with who they are. In my opinion, knowing who you are is the foundation of life. It is your current destination and situation. It is your starting point. And so as we go through this, and there's a lot of things that I want to pull out from there, Rodney, tonight, but as we go through this, there's a few questions that came to, to my mind that I just want to throw out there as you listen and maybe write them down. If you miss them, go back and, and, and uh, listen to the archive just to get that those first four questions. But one, are you simply existing, merely dying to live as you attempt to follow the crowd or seek validation and or approval from others and the world? Who am I, or more importantly, who am I becoming? Can you answer this question without including what you do? So who are you does not, it's not about what you do as a profession, but who are you? Who are you becoming? While pondering this question, it is also good to be mindful of your habits and your actions. Who am I becoming? What am I doing? What are my habits? What are my actions? And then are you at peace? Number four, what does your personal circle look like to you, the people who you surround yourself with, and that you allow yourself to be a part of? Who are you spending your time with? Um, who are they and how do they empower you and or add to your life, whether negatively or positively, how do they add to your life? Um, basically, are they making, you've heard the, the, the positives, if someone makes more, take away more out of their bank account than they put in, they're going to have a negative balance. Um, I think we're, we get so caught up in, in being Mr. and Mrs. Goody to everybody until we miss the truth. We miss powerful communication. We, we miss that honesty that's needed. Uh, we go talk about it to someone else, but rarely do we sit down and have that needed, loving conversation with people when we know and we see that they're headed to, to a place that, that, they, that you know they don't belong. And so those are some questions uh, I know for me I, I constantly ask myself. I constantly seek peace. I'm so over validation and approval and trying to be of this world. I'm so over that, so over it. This this topic tonight, I, I so so many times, Rodney, I almost said, listen, change the topic to listen to your man. And I know people get tired of me beating up on relationships, but I'm going to say it and I'm going to say it and I'm going to say it. If you don't know who you are and have a relationship with yourself, and if you're not happy and peaceful with you, if you've not gotten to a point where if you never, ever get that significant other, that you would rather spend your days alone than have a man, a woman, every night, every day, and live in hell. If you're not there, you can go with the best man in the world and you could be the best woman in the world. Sooner or later, guess what? You two are going to look at each other and say, what the hell? I'm just going to go, you're going to be like, what is this? Who is? Who are you and how did you get here? If you are not complete, whole, healthy, happy, you cannot be to somebody else what you're not for yourself. And that's something I'll just stamp a period to. But, but we're so looking for a man to validate us, a job, our clothes, um, where we live, what we drive. But if that was it, if that was it, even for our young people, if that was it, if all it was about was stuff, 
then you would be your your heart would be happy, your thoughts would be together. Because people, we have a lot of stuff. We have so much than we ever need, and and then we just keep wanting. They just keep feeding. They just keep giving us because we keep buying into it. We keep hey, buying into me. it. Uh huh. Tammy, the, the, you, you, uh, you've hit on a lot of things there, so I, I'm gonna try to go try to go back uh, for just a second. But I did want to jump in here. I think most people don't know what's in there. I, I think people can't listen or live from their heart because they don't know what's in their heart. They have become so consumed with what's going on in the world that they are just followers. And they, they they do whatever the world is doing. They do whatever the world expects them to do. And because of that, many people don't really know who they are. They don't know the, the, the personality traits that they were born with. They don't know the things that they inherited uh, genetically uh, because they, they have just gotten caught up in uh, what, what, what the world is doing. And... You know, I I, I, th- I think about what you just said, um, and I actually thought about it at the beginning of the show, and that is depending on what the title of the show is will determine who tunes in. See, if you come with something dramatic, you come with something that, you know, is entertaining, something that's, you know, along the lines of love and hip-hop, if you come with something that's along the lines of, you know, desperate housewives, real housewives, scandal, empire, if you come with, come with things along those lines, it is not that hard to build a fan base. It's not that hard to get people to say, oh, yeah, this is, you know, this is something I want to be a part of. You, you know, I, I one day, just for the fun of it, I said, you know something, because I got tired of seeing people posting on social media how the media portrays black people, how the media does us so wrong. You know, they call us all types of names, and, you know, they they, uh, create these bad images of us, and we act like the way that people view us is their fault and not ours. So one day, just for the fun of it, and I posted one of the sites on Facebook, I said, here's why the media does what they do to black people. I forgot the name of the site, but it had 22,000 followers. And the site was something about ratchetness or hoes or something like that. You can, for those of you listening, go on social media, go to Facebook, and Google anything about hoes, tramps, ratchet, anything along those lines, and you're going to find pages that have nothing but likes, comments, and followers. That's what you're going to find. But let it be something positive. Let it be something good. It would have to get 22,000 likes before people say, oh, yeah, this is important, because now they're just trying to be in that number. They're just trying to be important. So to me, when I see things like that, that tells me people don't know what is in their heart, and their heart is probably empty. 
what's on the inside of them is void. And at some point, if it already has not been, will be rejected by God. Because, see, Romans 1 tells us that eventually God just turns you over. If that's who you want to be, if that's what you want to be, eventually he just turns you over. So for those people who don't like to live or listen by what's in their heart, I'm just going to go ahead and forewarn you. Eventually, what you are trying to be or trying to prove will become you. Because as we all have seen, there are people who lie, Tammy, and don't even realize that they're lying. They lie so much <laughs> that it sounds like the truth to them. It's their truth. It's their truth. It really is their because truth. They have become just like the, like the devil. A liar and the truth is no longer in them. They don't even know what they don't even know what the truth is. I, I look at uh, when I look at these news stations, right? I, I, I look at them and I'm like, these people got to be idiots to believe what they're talking about. You got people who blame President Obama for everything that's wrong with America. Uh. We don't have a dictatorship. We don't have a dictatorship. We have a democracy. We have checks and balances, meaning that no one person is is in charge. I don't care what their title is. They're not in charge. But you got people mad at President Obama not understanding that if he decides to do something and Congress doesn't like it, they can veto it. But I listen to people, and it's like, do you even realize what is coming out of your mouth? Like, some people are so far right or so far left, they don't even know what the truth is anymore because they have been brainwashed to believe that they are supposed to believe certain things. So I don't think that people know what's in their own hearts, Tammy. And I don't think that people even know how to search their hearts. Because they've gotten so far away from themselves, they don't even know who they are anymore. Hmm. I I can I, I can say that, and I can I can agree in some in some instances. But for a lot of them, right? They I think people have just learned how to present themselves. If, if that's a good way to say that, people have. That people are the lie. I mean, I guess we're gonna have to do a, a show on that again here soon, but. They become people of their life, of the lie of this world. And you're right. I mean, some of them may may now be so deep into their lie, but somewhere, it, it's somewhere, somewhere, sooner or later, you are faced with the truth of who you are. You really are. Whether you choose to ignore it or not, you realize what's going on in your life. You realize how you're feeling. You, you realize that you are angry, that you're unhappy, that you're miserable. You realize that, yet you keep pretending. Yet you, and, and that's the part that I don't get. Like, how, how do you continue to pretend and be okay with life as it is? That's, that's, that's the part I, I don't get. And I guess everybody has their time, their moment. 
But at the same time, I feel like all of our time and, and that moment has come. Whether you chose to say, okay, or no, I'm not ready, it has come. It has presented itself. It has presented itself. In, in, in preparing for the show right now, I thought about the Bible verses, and I, there's so many good ones that talk about the heart and the mind. And I was playing around. You know, I've already been, I've always been fascinated with, like, the difference in, in our heart and how you can be brain dead, but your heart continues. But as soon as that heart stops, hey, it, that's it, it's over. And, and and even going into studying about the heart, there's so many studies that are, recent studies that are going on trying to even to this day figure out what is this heart thing. And so as I thought about verses, came across many of them, but the one that I'd like to start with, and we could just start with it and leave it at that, because it says so much the first commandment, thou shalt love thy Lord thy God with all thy heart. It didn't say with all thy mind, our feelings, our emotions. It says with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Then mind, strength. This is the first commandment. I think that in itself, that, that to be able to love God with all your heart, what is that like? What does that look like? What does that say about what condition, the condition of your heart, the matters of your heart? What does that, what does that mean? And then, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed, number one, are the pure in heart. Blessed, when we think about blessings. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And then we can move right on to to above all else, guard your heart, for, for it is the wellspring of life. Out of it flows life. So so think about, this is kind of out <laughs> of the Bible, above all else, guard your heart. And that's why I wanted to ask the question about people, the things that, the, the, what we allow in our lives, the people that we allow in our lives. Are we guarding our heart? Are we just setting ourselves up to be like, more angry, unforgiveness, all that stuff. But we just said it because some of the things that we, we go through, we could have put a stop too long ago. We could have just put a period to it and, and, and be, been done with some stuff. The emotions, feelings, and all that. And Rodney, you brought up Romans. Romans is one of my favorite books. I, 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 I know I do. <laughs> I thought about it when I, mean, I was talking about you. I mean, when I when I was yeah, talking okay. when I when I <laughs> yeah, I said and that's a favorite scripture right it, there. It, it is, and and even in Romans where it talks about um, the circum, circumcision is a matter of the heart, and this is when you know they're talking about Jews, um, you know how the, the circumcision used to take place outside of the body. But but what good is it to dress our body up, but our heart stays the same? And that's kind of what we've been doing, people. We go to church. We do a little good here. We do a little good here. But we don't want to move over just enough to no longer conform to this world, to actually despise what's going on in the world. We want to act like, oh, well, this is a gray area here. This could be a little right. This could, this, this could be okay. Because why? Because we don't, we don't want to just cross the threshold. We don't want to just say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to love God with my whole heart. 
I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to correct myself. I'm going to check my motives. I'm going to check my thinking, thinking. I'm going to renew my mind. I'm going to do all this. And we can go to Matthew 6 and 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Good God, show my head again. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a comment. We've got to end the show because where is our treasure? In oh, all this foolishness. Friday, this last week, the, the, I've seen stuff on TV, Lord, but I didn't even, I just have to watch it just to know that this is really going on. I can't imagine. What, like, what's to come after this? The foolishness, the evilness, the undermindedness, the, it, it just makes you want to go, oh, what do we need TV? Mm-hmm. It's, it's so much of it, but why? You said it best because we, 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 we continue, the mass, the majority of the people continue to follow it and absolutely love it. It has become their way. It has become their life. It's their food. It's, it was, it's the gasoline to their body, to their mind, their spirit. There's no silence in the mind. There's no silence in the heart. There's no wind down, down time. There's no spending time reading God's word. People wake up to Facebook. I mean, literally wake up to Facebook. That's the first book. People wake up to social media in all forms. And yet at the end of the day, we wonder, why are we feeling this way? Why is there just a longing and a hunger for peace? And for happiness, no matter what I get, no matter what I gain in this world, I still am lonely. Because you were designed for something. You were you were born for greatness. God has a plan and a will for your life. And there, 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 there's that place where you live from your heart. When you're able to, to, right. to go ahead, Rodney, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No, go, because I'll get going. You stop, break, stop me here now. Go ahead. I want to hear what you got to say. <laughs> well, I, I I said that I was going to make it my business tonight to share as as many testimonies as possible about listening listening and and living from your heart because I can tell you, um, in my short thirty two years of living, um, I have many times not listened or lived from my heart. And I will tell every listener out there, it has never worked out for me. So if it's working out for you, I would sure look, like to know how, because it has never worked out for me. And going back to what you, uh, the scriptures that you read to me about, uh, the first one being love God with all of your heart. Growing up, I would say high school until uh, my early college years, I was into the church. I did everything. And I stood out as a as a teenager, as a young person, because all of the other kids were, you know, running around doing whatever. And so I stood out. But I did everything in the church. I when I was old enough to drive I drove the church van and when it picked up people I taught Sunday school. Um I was even uh, licensed to preach uh, when I was 21. Um, I served on the deacon court when I was a, when I was a teenager. I mean, I did everything you could think of in the church. But I later learned, even after leaving that church and going to another church, 
and doing, you know, pretty much the same thing. I sung in the choir. I was even the marching choir leader. Like, I did everything. And I was constantly praised by people because of everything that I was doing in the church. But my heart wasn't right. And I never knew that until I left the church. And again, I left the church. Never left God, but I had to leave the church scene. And I didn't realize that it wasn't necessarily my decision. It was kind of God pulling me away from the church scene. Because when I stepped away from the church scene, I learned my heart wasn't right. I was doing all of those things, but my heart wasn't in it. I was doing those things because people asked. I was doing those things because I got caught up in the church foolishness, the church scene. And I'm not saying that Sunday school and all those things are foolishness, but all of the extra hype that comes along with church, oh, I got caught up in it. And I loved the attention that I was getting. I loved the fact that, like, I stood out from all the other young people. And it wasn't until I stepped away that I learned I was so far away from God that I would have never seen him because my heart wasn't in it. And there's a scripture, I believe it's in Matthew, that talks about there will be people on the day of judgment. Didn't we prophesy in your name and cast out demons? And he's going to look right at him and say, I never knew you. Because people's hearts are not into it. People do things for show. People do things because they feel important. They'll never admit it, but that's why people do things. Because I realized, man, a lot of the things that I got caught up in in church, they were American black people church things. That's what they were. I wasn't growing, and I didn't even realize how immature I was until I matured. And then I said, oh, my God, I was not as mature as I thought I was. But God had to pull me away from that. He had to allow me to go through a terrible situation for me to realize I didn't have it together. And I'm so glad he didn't take my life then because I didn't have it together. And so I would challenge people to think about this. On top of the questions that you asked earlier, Tammy, are you doing the things that you are doing because you really want to or because you're worried about what people would say if you didn't do them? Are you worried about people disliking you if you go against what they want you to do? Because, see, it wasn't about me doing God's will. It was me doing the pastor's will in the name of God. And there's a huge difference. I wasn't, when I thought about the things that I was doing, even when I wasn't having sex, it was, I wasn't having sex because it was like, oh, like, I really don't want to do this. Well, what would the pastor think? 
and I'm pretty sure I, I'm not the only one, Tammy. But I don't, I don't think a lot of people can admit that. People are doing things in secret. And maybe the pastor doesn't know, but you know, and God knows. And whatever is in your heart, it is best that you be that way publicly. Because even God said, I'd rather you be hot or cold, be one or the other. Don't be lukewarm. Don't straddle the fence. Who who are you? What is really in your heart? How often do we do we think things in our heart? How often do we lust after people in our hearts? And I'll say this soon. I'm going to turn it back over to you. Are you one of those people, for those of you listening listening out there, are you one of those people who say, I'm living this way so I don't go to hell, or I'm living this way so I can make it into heaven? Let me ask you something. Where's the love in that? Because if that's your reason, I'm not so sure that there is love in that. You should do the right thing just because it's the right thing to do. If Even if there's no reward, you should do it. Because go back and look up the, look up the people who died before Jesus died and rose again. They didn't go to heaven where God was. They didn't go there. Do your research and find out where they went before Jesus died on the cross and resurrected. You know, Rodney, um, again, and and thinking about this show and and real, like I said, it's one of my favorite, favorite things to to even study, but without, people don't understand, like the, the word even says that the heart is deceitful above all things. Desperately sick, it says. Um, and when you think about that, and, and, and it says the Lord, uh, I, the Lord, will search the heart and test the mind. And there's some other stuff that goes with it. but And then you think about, and like I said, there's so many scriptures. If you just, if you just study the heart, if you just say, okay, I'm going to start reading my Bible, and I'm going to just start reading about my heart. Why should I guard it? Am I guarding it? And so forth. But if you think about Psalm 51, and I believe it's 10, somewhere around there, creating me a clean heart, renew, re, renew my spirit, renew the spirit within me. And then um, Ezekiel talks about um, God giving you a new heart, a new spirit. How that happens is, and, and how often people, and I, for me, how often do you hear sermons about, putting on the whole armor of God, the fruits of the Spirit, um, the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit, which takes me back to Romans. There's so much in Romans that speaks about allowing the Holy Spirit to transform you, to change your life, your heart, to come in your heart and change who you are, to get you back to that, to that place, that foundation, that purpose, God's will that you were created for, not anybody else. But you, 
your destiny, your walk for God, his will for your life, that is living. That is living from your heart. But, again, so many of us are not willing to go into, into depth, to study, to really search our heart. For, for, I mean, really search. Because at the end of the day, I think we, we know. We know right from wrong. That spirit, if you're seeking and, search, and, and searching God or in any kind of way, you're going to get to a place where you, 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 you are convicted. I'll never forget a young girl, very, very, very young, very young, like elementary school, my grandmother said, if it convicts you, it's wrong for you. It, those words never left me, never. Now, there were some times when I was convicted, but I chose him. Oh, okay. I feel it. I feel the conviction. But I'm going to do me. There were some times. Why not? I hear you talking about the church. Same thing happened to me. I just was, I just, I just got to a point where I had to be so over church, like done. I cannot grow here. I'm not growing. I'm feeling. I'm doing all this. I'm doing Sunday dinners. I'm cooking. I'm, I'm serving here. I'm doing this. But how, why am I feeling like this? Why am I still feeling empty inside? Why do I feel like I'm serving somebody that I don't even know? Who is God? Where is He? God has to be this in you, not at the church. You take him with you where you go, period, period. And if you're, if he's not there, if you, if, if that's not happening for you at your church, stay home. I'm going to tell you, stay home and read your word. See God, pray, and pray, get on your knees and have church, you and God. And some people say, you shouldn't say it. I'm going to say it because if you're not growing spiritually, if you're going to a building who are housing people who just want to be seen, who want to go with the crowd, who don't want to be convicted, who don't want to have a change of heart, then then we're out of order right there. Because the word also tells us we can't we can't there's no competing with those people. You they, they will they will corrupt you. That's guarding your heart. That's guarding your heart. If you have to call some people who you know who want to know God and experience God on a deeper level. I don't know, say, you guys, you know what, let's start getting together at the house and praying and reading our word. Let's no longer be conformed to the patterns of this world, even in the way that we seek and serve God. So many people are, you guys say this like zombies to me. Like I am become such a people watcher until, and everywhere I go, I'm like, oh, my God, people... The eyes, it looks like there's nothing beyond the eyes. And the word will tell us, let the eyes of my understanding be enlightened. Mm-hmm. And that's deep to me, the eyes of my understanding. What I see, let me understand, God. Let my eyes understand what I see. Don't let my feelings, my emotions get caught up in this. And all that I get, Lord, give me the understanding. And so as I see people, I'm talking about grown, young, rich, poor, people look lost. We have all this stuff. We have access to all this stuff. We can microwave a meal in a minute. We can, we, we, we can push a button and we are on any kind of site we want. We can find information out at the drop of a dime. Yet we are lost. We have more people committing suicide than ever before. Look at our children. 
I had a young girl tell me, my parents can't love me. How can they? They don't even know me. Because all I do is sit up and work on this computer and play on my phone. How can they love me? Yet the child has everything a child could want and more. What is she saying? I want my parents. I want my parents. But we're so consumed that we're even passing the sickness on to our children. Right, do you want in? <laughs> oh, look, 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 look at, see, at, see at what any, I do, just, just, I got to say this, right? Look, while, while you're talking, I'll be writing down stuff. I got my little notepad out, so I just write down what I get from you. <laughs> Well, well, if the parents, if the if the parents' hearts were right, their kids' lives would be right. Oh wow! Now, but the parents, but the parents' hearts ain't right. Tammy, I remember being 22 years old and getting married and taking on a a, a wife and three children. And the three children at the time were three, eight, and thirteen. So the oldest child was only nine years, really eight, about eight and a half years younger than me. So you would think that a twenty-two-year-old man would be out partying, running the street. At least that's the image that society projects, and rightfully so. Because you have men that are 32 and 52 not taking care of their kids. But we ain't going to talk about them right now. And I can tell you, my heart was all about those children. That's what my heart was. Whatever they needed, I was there. If I had to go up to the school because they were sick, I left work. Went to the school. If I had to go to the school because they couldn't figure out where their seat was, I left work and I went to that school. So much so that those kids were failing before I came on the scene. Before I left the scene, everybody was on their honor roll and getting invited to all these camps and programs and everything. But that's because my heart was in it. And no, the situation didn't work out. But my heart was right. And that's one of the things that I say now. I may not always do or say what is politically correct. I may fall short. I mess up. But my heart is always in the right place, always, no matter what I do. And I am confident that what's in my heart, not my daily actions, not my daily words, but what's in my heart is pleasing to the Lord because I got away from foolishness and I got away from giving people what they want. 
and now I give people what they need. Because what they used to want and what they still want, that used to be in my heart, what people wanted. And see, people wanted to use and abuse me. So I gave them that. But I said, this this isn't me. So now I give people what they need. And if people need to hear the word no, that's exactly what you're going to get from me. No, because that's what's in my heart. That's what is going to help you. I have to come down hard on my students all of the time, especially at the beginning of the school year when they come in with all of their foolishness and their nonsense and their baggage. I have to come down hard on them. But I know that what I'm doing is good for them. And usually by the end of the year, they figure out that this guy is not me. He actually cares about us. When they're walking through the school and teachers stop them just to say, nobody else walks through the hall like they have some sense except this class. They feel good. They're like, oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) You know, they feel good about those things. My first year teaching, the ladies in the cafeteria would give my kids ice cream. They would go out and buy them ice cream and give it to them. And say, Mr. Jordan, we bought this for your class because they're just so well-behaved. They're the only class that comes through here. They're not loud. They're not pushing. They say please. They say thank you. They ask for things politely. But that took some work. And see, your heart has to be in it for you to be willing to work. You have people out here now, Tammy, working jobs, and they just as miserable as their heart ain't in it. But their pockets are in it. They're working jobs because their pockets are in it. Not because their hearts are in it, but their pockets are in it. Their their, their closets are in it. See, if we focused on what was in our heart, you know how many people would not be working for the government if they did what was in their heart? You know how many people would not would not be married to the person that they are married to if their heart was in it? You know how many people would not be parents if they listened and lived from their heart, not listen and live from they needed a toy, they needed somebody to play with, they needed somebody to validate them with, they needed an additional $1,000 on their income tax refund. If people lived according to what was in their heart, we would not have Black Lives Matter. Because, see, black lives would be a part of mainstream America. They would be important 
to everybody. But see, when your heart ain't right, you'll go and marry a man just because he got money. When your heart is not right, you'll go and marry a man just because he got a long thing thing in his in his pants. Forget when about the nice wide, right. Throw the car in there, right? Uh, throw the nice wide, throw the nice wide in there. Car, the, the oh, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get every last. <laughs> I'm gonna get every last one of it. See if your if your when your heart is not right, you go and marry a woman who you know is not gonna be a good mother to your child, and then you mad at the world because she's taking you to court every time you look up for child support, and you've given her pretty much everything, and she still ain't happy. Those things happen when your heart ain't right. You know how many people would be teachers if they listened to their hearts? If they were not so consumed with this world and what this world had to offer them, if they would just listen to their hearts, you know how many people would actually sleep eight to ten hours a night instead of four to six hours a night? We'd be in a much better place if it was all about what was in people's hearts. Because, see, God didn't put all of this on you. People have conformed. People have conformed. I now have a question for you. You you, you spoke about, um, and this was, a little bit earlier, I think, when you started talking, but you, you spoke about the truth, and you, you pretty much give it to people. If it's in you to say no, you say no. Um, and basically, that's a form of, of honesty, keeping it real with people, speaking the truth. Why do you feel it is so difficult for us to communicate with one another from a basis of honesty in love, of course, because it's, it's, it's really not what we say, but how we say it and those intents intentions behind what we say. Sometimes we can say things implying another thing rather than just speaking the truth. But why do you feel as as a whole, for the majority of people, it is so difficult to just say what they mean, mean what they say, and be able to carry that out? Good or bad, be unapologetically used. I think the number one reason, I think that there are several reasons, but I think the number one reason, the overall reason, is we are afraid of losing people. We are afraid that if we are honest with people, they're going to stop talking to us. We are afraid that if we tell people what's really on our hearts, what's really on our minds, that they will no longer want to be associated with us. And because we already have an identity crisis going on, we can't afford to only have one person in our circle. Because what's going to happen when I get lonely? So, see, because I'm insecure, I need people around me. So I watch what I say because I don't want to offend you. But... I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm just not going to say it to you. I'll say it to somebody else. And if it gets back to you, then I'll just deny it. Yeah. But we're so afraid of losing people. 
We're so we're so afraid of losing people, and not understanding that even if we lose people as so-called friends, or even if we lose people as drinking buddies, as sex partners, we will always have their respect. There are people, Tammy, who they don't talk to me on a regular basis. There are people who only call me when they need something. And to be honest, I'm actually okay with that. Because when they call, I know they meant to call. When they call, I know they actually need something and want something from me. The people who call me are the people who respect me. They actually want to hear. Even if they don't do it, they actually want to hear what I have to say. Because I, and, I, and I told my principal this, uh, and, and she's new. This is her first year uh, coming up, being our principal. And I told her last week when I was in her office, I said, I will only volunteer information about one individual. And she was like, oh, God, who is that? I said, me. It's the only person I will voluntarily tell you about because I'm talking about myself. So I don't care what, you know, I will tell you about me. Anybody else, I'm not going to volunteer information about because that's not my responsibility. However, if you ask me something, I'm going to be honest with you. So don't ask me anything that you don't want to know. If you want to know something about somebody, I'm telling you now. If you ask me, I'm going to tell you. But if you don't ask me, I'll never say a word. If you ever want to know my opinion about a decision that you're getting ready to make, if you ask me, I'm going to tell you. If you don't ask me, Unless it's life or death, you won't hear a word from me. But we're you know, Rodney, well, I, Rodney, I also I also think that it has a lot to do with the the fact that people we talked about this a little bit earlier in the show lie to themselves. Like they they so they're so conformed in their own lives and they believe their own lie until it's it's only right that we continue to live this lie because even the things that we don't say to each other. And the things that we we know um, or we feel like people are saying to us, whether indirectly or directly, I just think we we we've come to the place where we let people dumb themselves down. Now I know society is is dumbing purposefully dumbing us down as a society, but we are also doing that to ourselves. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna lie to myself so much so until my lie becomes my truth, and so I can I can I can live this lie. Now, that makes it easy for me to allow you to live your lie as well, because if I call you out, perhaps you just may call me out as well. So I think, like you yeah. said, it's many, 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 many answers to that, um, but we've, we've become such a dishonest set of people, uh, afraid to speak the truth for whatever their reason is, afraid to say exactly how you feel. I had someone ask me um, recently, can I ask you something? I said, you better be sure you want to know the answer. I mean, that's just where I am. You better be really, really sure that you want to know the answer. Because if you ask me, I'm going to tell you. I mean, it's up to you. But So if you ask, be sure that you want to know. And the people can get kind of taken by this, sidetracked. You know, they, they begin to think that you are kind of 
they keep their distance from you or what's going on with you because, again, we're so caught up in the world and what it looks like and lying to one another, including ourselves. I used to tell Brandon, the biggest lies we tell are the ones that we tell to ourselves. The one that you allow yourself to believe that that it's all okay, that there's no work to be done, that uh, you don't need to search your heart and search your soul and and search your intentions and your motives, um, because you do, you do. And if you are trying to live from your heart, if you are, if you find yourself with, and most people are, if you find yourself just, just kind of cruising through life, you just. Whatever, 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 you're not at peace, you're not happy. So many people, so many people get up every day, every day, and are just simply miserable with all these Mm -hmm. choices, with all this stuff, with every breath in your body daily. Miserable for what? So we have to stop and say, is it working for us? Is what we're doing, is it working? What are we teaching our kids? Are we teaching them to be happy? Are we teaching them to seek God? Do they see us reading our words? Do they see us on our knees? Do they know that we pray for them so much so that it's not all my doing? Mainly it is my prayers for you. Do, do they see that? What are we teaching our kids? And we, we, we fall, we play dumb to that as well. As parents, like you said, it's hey, fathers. Follow follow one of those kids home. You're gonna probably find the same kind of parent. Yep. <laughs> they go through their course, but they come back. If you set that example, I'm sorry, those kids will come back. We all do our stuff. We all have. But you have some parents that are totally disengaged. Total. You have kids that, when I took Brandon off to school, kids kids were just simply dropped off. And that's it. You're on your own now. They have nowhere to go for holidays. They have, if they get hungry, there's nowhere to call. Is that an excuse? Absolutely not. But what you're doing is you're setting your child up. You you are placing something on that child's heart that is going to corrupt them even the more. Because most of the things that we allow that are somehow find themselves on our heart, we rarely deal with it. And if we do, just like we talked about, it's dealt with in such dishonesty until the mark is still there. Because mm-hmm. the whole system is totally, totally messed up here. And we got to stop thinking that because we go to church and do whatever. Go, go to church, serve here, church, that's it. Because if you're not changed, if your heart is not changed, if you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to take over, you might be one of those ones that Rodney said, you might hear, I never knew you. Yeah, you did a lot of this, you did a lot of that. But who are you? Do I know you? Do you know me? Because loving me means obeying me. And that means you got to come flat out. With obeying God, that means you. But but as you see God, guess what? It happens. That transformation, that change, that desires of your heart, those blessings. Because as you seek Him, 
you are changed. And the change comes through determining and finding out who you are and what things you need to give up and leave behind. You need to pick up that cross every day and come back with a little less on it, a little less of you on it. And we're not willing to give up who we are, who we think we are, the plan that we have for our life, to look like the Joneses, to live like the Joneses, to dress like the Joneses. I'm going to say it, ladies, to spend four or $500 on a purse and not have four or $500 in the bank. In a stock or somewhere, you can't eat your child needs to go on a trip somewhere. Something happens, you can't even do that, but you got that purse in there. You're taking care of that outside. <laughs> the outside is tit for tat. It's good to go. You can go in there and put on something at any moment. It's drop off down and look like a million dollars. But what is in your heart? What is in your soul? Are you happy? Are you really happy? And if most people had to really answer that question, if we were allowed to see the thoughts that people have on a day-to-day basis, if we were able to get in your mind and see and look at your heart, just a peek at your heart, boy, 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 I can only imagine why? You know what I think? I at my own. I can only imagine, even as much as I speak, search now, I, there's still times. Just recently, I had to buy a wild thing, but those, those are some evil motives you got going on right now. This week alone, <laughs> I said that to myself. <laughs> but, but thank God, because I, I was able to catch my little evil self going on. Because she's not gone. <laughs> she is still in there, but she is leaving. <laughs> But really, I mean, I had to catch my little evil heart. Like, because I knew it got, I was doing that little intention talk. Like, I, I'm not going to say it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know that I'm saying it, <laughs> you know. It's pure, pure wrong, evil. So, but I'm thankful because it goes back to what my grandmother said. If it convicts you, then it's wrong for you, baby girl. It's wrong for you. you I can't live your life, right? And you can't live mine. I can't even, I can't, I can hardly live this life, especially without allowing God to show me who I am and be willing to say, oh, this is not of God. This is not pleasing to God. This will in no way bring glory to God and his kingdom in no way at all. And when you can call yourself out on that and continue to grow, God will give you desires in your heart because your desires will mirror his, his desires and his plan and his purpose and his will for your life. But are we willing? If, if, we tr- if we trust God and we believe God's word to be true and what it is, then why are we trying to run our own lives? Why do we think we know the plan without including the creator in the plan? Without, without giving total control, without letting go of this world, letting go of the things, not being conformed to the patterns of this world, to the stuff. All this stuff, I cannot say that enough. And all this stuff we have, all the things we have access to, death, suicide. Our kids are committing suicide by an alarming, growing number. Parents are. Look at the number of killings. I think the guy who did the shooting in the, the late shooting at the Movie writing wasn't wasn't he about fifty plus years old, fifty years old? 
more. Oh, the, the, the guys who made the movie there to Louisiana? Yep, they yes. were 58. Right. You think 58? You, you should be on solid food by now. I mean, somewhere along the way, rationality would have kicked in. You think 58 years old? And, and again, we have churches on every corner, but our hearts are still corrupt, defiled. There's no change taking place internally. We did the show Living Inside Out. That's, that's equivalent to this show tonight. Not bring the world into your spirit, into your soul. Let your light go into this world. You change your atmosphere. You don't adapt to people if if. If God walked into a room, wouldn't you expect it to change? Not saying that we're God, but hey, the word says we should be able to do more, even more than Jesus did. Do y'all see more? Rodney, do you see more happening? Do you see people being, I said, do you see more happening that we should be able to do more than Jesus did? Healing the sick, overcoming circumstances and situations. That's that's actually what he said. And I'm he sorry, said, greater works, the greater works will you yeah. do. That's right. So we should be living more peacefully. Our hearts should be a good standing, a right standing with God, especially if we've been traveling this journey and if we're going to claim that we've, we've been seeking and serving God all our adult life. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to go through some things. Definitely not saying that. Doesn't mean that we're perfect. I just told you I had some evil stuff going on this week. Matter of fact, now that I think about it today, too, I had the same thing, kind of thing going on today where I wanted to just whoop. Okay? So it's, it's not that you're going to live this perfect, holy life. But like Rodney said, your heart's going to be right. You're going to know when, to, when you are convicted. That Holy Spirit is going to start to speak back to you. If it's indwelling in you, because it can't be two. We can't serve two gods. So if you're serving God, if you are truly serving God, that stuff is going to get off of you. You're going to continue to grow daily, daily. Your heart is going to come forefront. You're going to live from your heart. It's really so simple. We've made... Go ahead, Go ahead. No, I was just saying it's really so simple. We've made a very simple discussion uh, out of one hour and 22 minutes. But really, the things we said is basically you just got to serve and seek God and turn your life over and be willing to see your stuff and stop lying to yourself. I think I, 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 <laughs> I, think I know... Uh, at least where part of the problem comes in. Uh, Proverbs 22 and 15 says, foolishness <laughs> is bound in the heart of a child. Foolishness. It's bound, meaning that it is stuck there. There are boundaries. So foolishness is in the heart of a child. And it is stuck there. But it says, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. So I'm so glad that you brought up 
prepares tonight. Because in the heart of every child is foolishness. It says so in the Bible. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. It's bound. And look at the things that children do. But I also want people to think about the scripture that says when I was a child, I thought I thought as a child, I, I understood as a child, I reasoned as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. If you have, if you have not put away childish things, you are not a man. And as long as you are a child, foolishness is in your heart. So if you're living from and listening to the heart of a child, you're living based on foolishness. And the only thing that is going to drive that foolishness away from you is correction. And it doesn't matter if it is physical correction or spiritual correction. The only thing that is going to drive that foolishness away from you is correction. So if you are having issues in your life, it is probably God trying to correct that foolishness that's in your heart. He's trying to drive it away from you. As long as you are imperfect, or as long as you are perfect living in an imperfect world, However you want to look at it There's always going to be room for correction Because no matter who you are There's some foolishness Somewhere Within you Because nothing can come out of you Unless it is in you And I don't care if Overall you're mature At some point Something foolish is going to come out of you. And the only thing that's going to drive that foolishness away from you is correction. And nobody likes to be correct. Tammy, why do you think it is that people talk about things all the time and yet they say, I don't care. Don't matter to me. But yet you hear them talking about it all the time. What do you think that is? Um, fear, fear, ignorance uh, goes back to not really knowing who you are. Because once you know who you are and you develop character, character is, is defined in my world as, as Basically, the qualities developed in a person's life that determine all these things, your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, regardless of, of, of what's going on in your life, your situation, that integrity is going to come out. You're going you're gonna to begin, what, the things that you even talk about will change once you know who you are. It's like going to Burger King and knowing that you can't go order KFC chicken from Burger King. I mean, there's so much indecisive, indecisiveness in, in a person's, in their own life. Like, they can't determine 
if they're going to choose just to be happy just for today, for an hour. And so they find them, I think, that people find themselves coming up with all this mess, all these distractions, anything to keep me from really dealing with life and me. But when you develop qualities in your life that 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 help you possess that character of knowing who you are, then you already know what you're going to do and not going to do in most situations. You already know. There's no more excuses because you've come to a point, this is who I am, this is who I serve, and this is what I'm going to do. If you continue to walk the walk, you don't make decisions based on what is someone else going to say. What are they going to do? What are they going to think about this conversation? You start to make decisions based on who you are, who you know you're not, who you are becoming, who you want to become. Because once you know where you are, you can determine where you want to go. So you already know this conversation does nothing for me. It does nothing for me. But people are so out of tune with themselves. They have no clue who they are, what they think, their goals, their desires, how they're going to get there. They're just getting up like we started out the show. They're just merely existing. Existing. Yet we serve this powerful, mighty God who says, I will supply all your needs. What are your needs? Is it that curse? Is it that six figures? Is it that jaguar? Is it your name on the lights on the billboard? Is it this fabulous fine man or a sister next to you? Is that is, Does that define who you are? Because if so, you better make sure that they at the pearly gates with you so they can validate who you are. So it's just a matter of not knowing, not knowing who you are, what you stand for. You're this this way at work, you're this way at church, you're this way at home, you're this way as a parent, you're this way as a sister, you're this way as a friend. Who who are you? Who are you? Do you know? And that when you don't, anything is possible. You will engage and talk about anything and anybody at any given time, to fit in the crowd and to get your five minutes of fame. Hmm. That's some good stuff there, Tammy. It really, it, it just, it's, it's simple. My, my desire, Ronnie, because I'm, I'm with you, Lord, you guys, I, I have, I could tell, and you probably have heard a great number of them, but as far as going through it, going through the brokenness, the feelings of inadequacy, unworthiness, just all the stuff that the, that the world plays in your mind, all the things that happen to you, all the unforgiveness, all the anger, all the confusion, the fear. I've been there, done that. But when you get to a place, you have to. If you're somebody's mom, if you're somebody's dad, if you're an adult, I'm sorry, if you're just grown, if you're past the age of 21, it's time for you to start thinking differently, living differently. We should not look the same as these kids. These kids, should, they should automatically, we should come with a certain level 
of respect. Just by the by walking in the presence, a child should see something different on you. Because we're off the milk part. This is all so simple. Living from your heart is basically living for God, period. However you choose to see that, it's up to you. But to find out what's in your heart, what's on your heart, and how do you clean it up, clean it out, and move into your purpose, find out, love what you said about there will be, that spoke volumes to me. There will be many more teachers, many more, gosh, auto mechanics. Even even in this world, we make our children feel like, hey, you got to go be this with a title to be somebody. Well, what if you, what if you love doing, working on cars? What if you love doing hair? What if that's, that's what you, that's what you are, put, would, that's what God intended for you to be, for you to bless somebody, for you to help someone birth their passion because you're sitting over them doing their hair. So we we need to get out of this, making kids feel like, hey, if you don't go to college, you dumb. You don't know this. You don't know that. You don't have a title in front of your name. No. I just tell Brandon, if you want to work at McDonald's, just make sure you're working to be a manager. And then maybe we're going to own us one later. Cool. If that's what you want to do. So we got to stop. We just have conformed to this world, and we've we've turned our lives over to the world, yet saying we serve God who knows all about us, who has a plan for our lives. So it, it, it's Tell me, I want to go right back to what okay. you said about, yeah, I'm good. I want to go back to what you said about needs and wants, though. And... <laughs> In Matthew 6, the fifth chapter, it says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. So if you do this, for everybody who's listening, if you do this, you are just like the hypocrites. It says, for the hypocrites love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Because when you do things publicly and openly, there's your reward right there. The praise that you get from men, there's your reward. It says, but when you pray, enter into your closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret. And the Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. So if you use vain repetitions, guess what? You're doing exactly what the heathens do. You might just be a heathen. For they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Big fancy words. Repeating the same things over and over again because for some reason we think that the longer we speak the more effective it is but it's not 
But on to what you said about needs and wants, Tammy. It says, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth things you have need of before you even ask him. So what you need, God already knows, and if you keep reading this chapter, God already knows what you need. You ain't even got to ask him. He already knows. And Tammy, when I was in the training earlier today, the instructor made a valid point. He said 98% of the things that we ask for are wants. They're not needs. And he even he even brought up clean water when we were talking about needs and wants. And he said, and he asked us. He said, "Is clean water a need or a want?" And everybody said it's a need. And he said, "So explain to me why there are people in foreign countries surviving off of dirty water." He said, you need water. You want clean water. (laughs) He said, but you don't need it because people are living off of dirty water. Because their immune system has adjusted to it. Your body just needs water. You don't need clean water. You want clean water. And I said, never thought about that. But let's go to this other scripture that talks about wants and how you can get them. And that's Psalm 37, and it says, Fret not thyself because of evil doers, because neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquities, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass, wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so so shall thou dwell in the land, and verily, Thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Hmm. You ain't got to chase nothing. And there's some bad grammar there. <laughs> but you don't have to chase anything. You don't have to chase after things. Tammy, I'm so glad that you told me, Rodney, you don't need a PR person. Because I was looking for a PR person. I'm like, man, I'm going to get on some TV shows and all of this stuff. And (laughs) as long as it don't cost me a whole lot of money, I'm willing to sacrifice and do whatever I got to do. I'm so glad you told me, Rodney, you don't need no PR person. You can do it on on your own. Because since you told me that I didn't been on the TV <laughs> and I didn't been on radio, and it ain't cost me not one dime. Because God, and you know what, Rodney? Exactly. If you if you will, you are you are so you are so 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 on it. You know, I see people. I've actually had a person that was kind of looking through my computer and saw all these things with. I spoke here, I did this, I did that. And he asked me, why don't you post this stuff? I'm like, because it just really doesn't interest me to do it. It just, it doesn't, I'm not doing it for show. This will be, when someone asks me, hey, can you send me something? Absolutely, I can. But just to post it, and some people, I mean, if it's, if it's, if it's, I'm not saying anything's wrong with it, but for me, 
I take so much pride in doing God's work in silence. Like I almost have to beat myself over the head to post something that I did or someplace I spoke or something. It's just like there's so much reward out of just me and God knowing this and the person. It's just so much. Even with the little situation with the young, the family here, the reason I post that about because the eyes I post on there is this family here and God allowed me to bless them in a very small way I think, but to them, especially to the to the young man who appeared to be the oldest, and I would say he maybe was eight years old. Well, you guys, it was a movie scene. I mean, if it was a movie, it would have been perfect. This young man walked as I was the elevator was closing. They were walking by the elevator to go to the cafeteria, a very small hospital. And he looked at me, his eyes, it was as if he looked deep, deep, deep into my soul. Like all these questions were going, who is she and, and why did she do this? And, and it, for, for just a moment I felt like this young man will never forget this moment, never. He will never forget this moment. And even in giving that lady the money, I didn't want anybody to see me give it to her. And God knew that. So guess what? God had those everybody left out of the waiting room almost at the same time. Nobody but me and this family, these kids, and this lady. And I quietly walked up and I said, here, I heard the baby say she was hungry. Go get them something to eat. I didn't want them to see me. And I walked because I didn't want her to have to look at me and face me. I didn't want her to think, look at me and think, wow, this lady had to help me. I didn't want her to see my face. It is moments like that that just melt my heart and make me so thankful that here I am all the way in Florida having this quiet encounter and and an opportunity to glorify my God. And on top of that, bless a young child's life. Doesn't matter if he's black, white, blue, green, he's hungry. And I heard them say, they're hungry. And I heard this lady say, it's five of us and I only have five dollars. Who would I be? Who would I be to let that go? And to make it even better, you guys, I never have cash on me. Never. Never. So here I am searching through and praying at the same time. Let me find something in here. And I found something in there. You cannot, I'm telling you, you think that the other life is great, but if you choose and serve God, things will start to happen in your life. If you seek him and serve him like it says with your whole heart, not a little bit of you, not a little bit of your mind, not a little piece of this, a little, one day here, one day not, but if you just make up in your mind and your heart and you become determined, See God, and to make that your life, you guys, stuff will begin to happen in your life that you can't tell because you can't even explain it. People will really think you're you're crazy then. That's living from your heart, being okay with the smallest, simplest things, simplest things. Like there's, there's almost 
And don't take this the wrong way because you really have to be there, be on that level to understand. I have just a few friends that we communicate on this level. It's almost like you're walking in a world of perfection. Like, not that you're perfect, but when you start to speak things and, and what you have to be willing to do is trust in God's divine timing. Don't rush this thing. Don't slow it down. Just show up. Just get up every day and show up with your whole heart. Make God the first part of your day. All the parts of your day. And certainly to end. Be willing to call yourself out when you know you're going right, wrong, left, right, backwards. When you know you are somewhere where you should not be, whether it's mentally, physically. So when you know, because we know. If you're serving God, even just a little bit, you know. Your choice is up to you, but you know. And I I can't say it any clearer than that, y'all. God is who he says he is. He will do what his word says he will do. Will you be there to allow him? Will you just show up? Will you just bring a broken heart and allow him, say, I'm willing, I surrender, allow him to make it whole? Because you can't. You can't. For those of you who have have missed all these scriptures we gave out, I suggest that you go back. We put some questions out there for you. Don't live this. This this is you can have heaven right here on earth. When you get to that heaven where we will go, my God, I'm all for that. It gets greater later. But if it gets greater later, it should at least be great here. And I'm not saying your life will be perfect, because one thing I tell you, if you decide to seek God, get ready. If you go seeking God with your whole heart, get ready. Because that's when spiritual warfare comes. But you'll learn to thank God for it because you grow through it. You grow through it all. You cry, you laugh, you hurt. But my God. There's no way to describe it. You have to get there on your own. You just have to. But I can stand here and I can tell you that if, if, if anyone of you ever wants to just say, can you just tell me a little bit more about you? Tell me why you're on this thirst for change and transformation. Let me tell you about my life. Let me tell you just some more, some recent things that God, if I told you, you'll be like, no way in the world, unless you know God, unless you know. I'm like Rodney, I rarely volunteer anything like that. But if God puts it on my heart, like the situation with the family, I every every day since that day, I saw that little boy's eyes. I saw the elevator closing and I saw his eyes connect with mine. Tim, I'm going to share this. Hey, Ronnie. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to share this no, testimony. Okay. Huh? I said, okay, go ahead. So my first year teaching, mm-hmm. I was nominated first year teacher of the year um, at my school. To this day, no one knows how I lost. Um, not even the the girl who beat me out for the award. 
she even thinks that it was rigged because she came to me and she said, I don't understand how you lost when even I voted for you. She said, I'm, I was so grateful to be nominated. She said, but I don't do the things that you do. That was my first year. My second and third year teaching, Tammy, I was voted second and third year teacher of the year in the entire city where I teach. My second year, someone came to me and asked me about coaching the basketball team, the seventh grade basketball team at the middle school. And I said, sure, whatever, why not? But I had coached high school football before I moved to where I live now. And when I left, they offered me the junior varsity football head coaching job, and I said, nah, I'm done coaching. I'm going to move. But when they asked me to coach basketball where I live now, I said, okay, no problem. I'll do it. Did that one championship the first year. Second year, won the championship again. Second year, they asked me to come over to the high school and help out with the varsity team at the high school. No problem. They asked me to coach the freshman team. They, no, they asked me to, to help out with the varsity team for free. I wasn't getting paid. They just asked me if I was, no, no problem. I'll do it. And things happened. The freshman coach got in trouble, so they asked me to coach it, and then I got paid. After I had accepted the job for free. But my heart was in the right place, and I ended up getting paid. My first year being an assistant varsity coach, we made the state playoffs for the first time in the school's history. The next year we made the state playoffs again, and that was the end of my basketball career. And even on top of that, I received countless emails, phone calls, you name it, letters from students and their families gifts. My students from my first year teaching in 2008 still bake me cakes and pies and everything else for my birthday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, everything. So one would say I've had a successful teaching career up to this point. I had no desire to be a teacher. I wanted to play football, and then even when I was approached about being a teacher, when I was in high school, I was like, no, teachers don't make any money. I can't do that. And finally, my stepmom talked me into doing it. I said, okay, fine, I'll just teach PE because it's fun. I can play with the kids all day. That's cool. Nope, that didn't work out. Because I figured out I don't like health, and I would have to teach health. So then I said, I'll teach math, secondary. Failed the first math class when I got to college. I said, I can't teach math if I can't pass the first class to college. So I switched to elementary. And it was that point when I learned... My heart was in elementary. Never knew that. 
would have never guessed that. But I was too busy thinking about my selfish reasons as to why I did not want to be a teacher or why I did not want to teach what was really in my heart. And I didn't even know what was in my heart. Going back to what I said earlier, I didn't know what was there. Never searched it. I was just going off my own selfish reasons. And I'm so glad that God brought trial and tribulation in my life one after another until I finally said, let me see what I'm supposed to be doing. Because once I did that, it was smooth sailing afterwards. And even when I was in my last year of school, I had accepted a job offer, Tammy, in St. Petersburg, Florida, to teach. But I didn't accept that job because of kids. I accepted that job because I said, nice weather and beautiful women. I'm going to Florida. Do you know the Lord did not let that happen? Every time, and I can tell you a whole side of other stories, but I'll tell all of our listeners this. Every time my heart has been in the wrong place, even when I wanted to tell people off, but my heart won't right, every time I wanted to do something or say something and my heart was not right, the Lord never let it work out for me. Never. So I'm glad that I'm one of the ones that he chooses to have mercy on. You know, Rodney, um, as you say that, and, and we'll get ready to bring it to a close, we've got just about six minutes, I guess. Um, good people, serving and seeking God is the only thing for me that allowed my life allowed me to look back, see, then say, was it all part of your plan? Was it, was, and what I mean by that is, there's a way that when you, when you allow God in your life, when you just surrender, when you give up, give over, willingly ready to change your life, God has a way of kind of playing your life out before you. Through your future, through, through all your, your your steps to come, somewhere along the way from me, I see bits and pieces of all my struggles, of all my challenges, of all the times when I felt like I'm not going to get through this. I'm not going to make it. What am I going to do? God will, will take your life and make it whole, make it complete. He will make it seem as if. And I'm say seeming because I'm this this is the way when I look back I'm like, God, was this for such a time as this? And whether it was or not, my point here is God has a way of fixing things for his glory. When he when they really say your your stuff, your mess will become your best. I mean, and I, I can remember I was, quickly. Yeah, I can remember one day when uh, I was sitting in a meeting with the 901 Butterfly, 
And every young girl there was in tears, including the adults as well. And as I stood there, I could say to them, I understand each and every one of you because I've been in each one of your shoes. I've been that little girl. I've been you. Not not in my mind, in my life. I've been you. I know how you feel. And that moment for me, rather than feel sorry for myself or feel sorry for those babies, yeah, I hurt. But I knew God can do the same for you that he did for me. This is not this is not stop things unless you let it. So if you want if you want the best of this world, if you are sick and tired of just existing, of just going through the the emotions, going through the ups and downs, still coming out the same, same feelings, same thought process, same mindset, same old desires, same old bad choices, same old regrets. Shoulda, woulda, coulda, why did I, why didn't I? If you are sick and tired of that, then get on this journey and stay on it. Choose to say, I would rather die than go back to this worldly way of thinking and living. Because to go back is death in itself. To live it is death in itself. That is what living and knowing what's in your heart is living for God, making him priority, studying that word. I'll never forget the first time, and for those of you who really read your word, and, and if you don't, please do. Whatever you choose, read something. I remember, and y'all probably knew this long before, but this was this year for me. When I'm reading my word, and it's in the same chapter that I read before, you know, but you get new revelation. And when I, as we talk about the word of God in the sword, and I remember looking at sword and thinking, if I drop the S, it becomes the word. And y'all, I had, you would have thought somebody was killing me in there. Just something just as simple as that. You begin to find joy in the smallest things, even in your word. Even in your mess, you look for God. You don't feel bad. You don't feel outdone. You don't feel woe is me. You be like, how but wait on my God. Something, something, something is in it, whether it's for me or you. That's living. That's trusting. That's having faith. That's loving God. That's being willing to go into the fire. Knowing that you need no water to get out. Just keep walking. Just keep going. Why not turn it over to you? Sammy, this has been one of our one of our best shows, I think, in a long time. <laughs> I know I'm me so glad personally. To hear that, 
Yeah, I am personally. because I really want to get back to the basics of, of, of getting. And that might mean we might lose some people. But, you know, as I, re, as, as I go back to the beginning, you know, these were the discussions that we were having, like those things that may not be for the majority of people, but it was for those those few people who are really ready to change their life and who's going to go out and duplicate, find this, find whatever we're talking about in themselves and go out and share with somebody and become a leader for somebody else. So I just want to say it. So I, I really appreciate what you're saying because, because you know, I, I think Butterfly Evolution kind of got a little off track, not in a bad way because, again, God takes care of it all, but I want to continue to bring Topics like this that make people really search their soul. You know, I <laughs> I never got around to um, what I was going to start off this show with, but I'm going to do it next week, and uh, I'll definitely uh, share it with you off the air. Um, because again, it does not have to be something that is public. Um. But but I'll share with you off the air um, what I was going to say tonight, and then, and if time permits, and if uh, it all works out, I will definitely say it next week or whenever the Lord allows me to say it. Okay. But in the meantime, <laughs> I'm going to end with this, Tammy. I'm going to end with this. And that is Proverbs 23. And I will say this before I read this this passage. When you just said, going back to the basics, one thing that I was just sitting here thinking about, and that is we have been very spiritual in our last few shows. And that has benefited me. I don't know about anybody else, but it has benefited me. And these are the types of shows that I appreciate. Because I'm all about the basics. I'm all about foundation. I'm all about Where did you start from? I was thinking the other day, Tammy, and who knows, maybe I won't even read the scripture, but I I was thinking the other day. I was thinking the other day. Bear with me, everybody. Suppose with with everything that I'm doing, you think about my books, teaching, everything, If I ever became a hero in America's eyes, no matter what the case may be, it could be because of my book, blowing up this education summit may take off. Whatever the case may be, who knows, with all the crazy stuff that happens in schools, I may be the hero in the school one day. Who who knows? But when you become America's hero, you get a whole lot of phone calls and emails, and everybody wants you on their show. But I thought about this the other day, Tammy, 
if I ever became America's hero in any capacity, the first show I would do an exclusive interview would be the Butterfly Evolution show. Aww. And I would do the others, and and and, and God gonna have to help me out with this one, because again, when my heart's right, you don't let nothing ever happen. But I know. Let's say my let's say my book were to take off, Tammy. Mm-hmm. Or let's say I became a celebrity overnight, like some people do. Everybody and their mama would call me. Just because, oh, he, he he's popular now. But I wouldn't want to do any interview until I did an interview with you on this broadcast. And here's what uh, I feel led to just go here now. Here's what I was going to say at the beginning of the show. My heart is very appreciative and grateful to the Lord allowing us to be connected. Because if it were not for him, I would I would have never met you. And I still have never seen you face to face. I have not. I have not. And I have never been so excited to get an email or message from anybody as I was the day that you sent me that message on Facebook. And when you sent me the message, I couldn't get it because I was at a football game and I didn't have good signal in the stadium. And when I got out of the stadium and was getting ready to get on the shuttle and go back to my car and go home, I remember seeing Tammy Gannon. I was like, who in the world is Tammy Gannon? And I remember reading your message. And I said, what? Heard my book on the, on the radio? Who in the world is talking about my book on the radio? And I just remember, like, I felt your genuineness through your message. And then when I talked to you on the phone, I was like, man. This is it. This is, for me, right here. And I didn't know who you were. I didn't know if you were small time, big time. You could have been somebody that made me me that. I didn't know. But I was so excited to get that message. And I was so excited to talk to you. And ever since then, I have just appreciated the love that you have shown me. And I 
may not know all of the reasons why God allowed us to be connected. But what I do know is it was his doing. Mm -hmm. And I will always be humbled and grateful and appreciative for him doing that. Because for somebody I I have never seen face-to-face, I have 100% trust in you and everything that you are about and everything that you are doing. And so many conversations that we have had have just been a blessing to me. I remember, and I don't know if you remember these conversations, but I remember you telling me, Rodney, there have been times where there have been no one on the line. No one called in. Nobody was in the chat room. But I did the show as if there were so many people listening. And that blessed me. So here's what I'm going to say to you. I don't care who calls in. I don't care who listens online. You do what you have been doing because you never know whose life you are touching. Because I can tell you, part of the reason why I am where I am today part of the reason why I think the way I think today the way I do things, the way I do things today is because of the relationship that I started building with you a year and a half ago. Oh, and you are a female that is an endangered species. There aren't many more of you existing today where you will say on your show (laughs) (laughs) on your show Rodney and this is the end of the show Rodney I'm turning it over to you don't know women do that anymore who you think I am the maid no I got this I'm running (laughs) that's how women are today and I'm talking about women who now, I'm not talking just about the women my age, because that's how women my age are. I'm talking about women who are 50, 60, 70 years old, acting like they grew up during immigration, acting like they grew up after slavery, acting like they didn't march with Martin Luther King. They didn't conform to all of this foolishness. But you... No matter what happens, you remain the same. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. And I'm not even going to read this scripture because I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, but what I will say, yes, ma'am. Can, can, can we share? Because, see, every time you talk about this, you guys, Rodney continues to say he was not on the radio. <laughs> see, that's what's that's what the... The, the, the secret 
speaking part. Well, I, I don't know good. how I got right. on the radio. And you guys, this was like I heard this. Heard I heard his name in the in the book, but I I missed the name, and so I remember like okay, I I actually went home. I was at AutoZone. I will never forget it. I was like, oh, I have got to find this person because the title of the book. But Rodney says he didn't know he was on a radio show, and it was like a major show, like 103.5 or 101 at that time. That's what I was listening to, and I just I and I went and I searched and I searched. I went back home, searched for him found him and sent my little email or whatever it was and I went on about my business and then what about an hour or so later it's that he 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 was calling and was on the phone and so we never did figure out like okay what radio how how would you hear me on the radio but but and the reason I want to bring that up because you don't don't feel like you have to be so plugged in for your purpose to happen plugged in when I say to the world to, to this and that. And the reason it's so easy for me to say, why now turn over to you? Because if I feel like God is a part of this 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 connection, this union, I can't sit here and, 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 and be like, oh, this is all mine. And No, I have to honor God's plan. Because if I did feel that way, you wouldn't be here. Cause you, I, we all had that discussion about how I feel. Like, I, I remember thinking... I'm going to give him the password and everything and went on about my business for, what, about two months? You did your thing. So if I trust God, God's connecting, the connection that he brought us together, or whatever he knows, and I feel like there's a greater, there's so much greater to this, and this is just the baby step that he's saying, okay, let me get you guys ready. Whatever that may be, I don't know. But... I cannot honor that connection if I don't if I don't let God lead this. And I do believe that it's it's, it's we need more men to step up and talk up and we need to hear from positive black men like yourself. So how dare I sit on this and and and, and I guess delay that. So any any powerful spiritual words that I can hear and that my other sisters and my young brothers can hear, so be it. So be it. I just wanted to say, people, like, we still don't quite know how this thing worked out on this radio station. Maybe one day it will all be revealed. But I know I heard you on the radio. (laughs) There you go. And, and, and I'm gonna say this, and then I, and then I'm gonna get I'm, I'm gonna get to my favorite part of the show, and that's when I get to be the DJ as, as the show goes off. <laughs> and, and, and as a disclaimer, and, and, and you know what, we we don't have a one call on the line, and and I know who that is. Uh, uh, that is your 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 cousin down in uh, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, well, but, I'm so proud I'm of, gonna, by the way. Absolutely. Uh, uh, you know what? I love faithful people. I, I just love faithful people. But anyway, but just as a disclaimer, yes, I I, I am engaged, and, and yes, you know, I'm setting <laughs> wedding dates for that next summer and everything. But. I know that 
you know, we have, we have we have tried to make plans, Sam and Camita attend the events and everything in, in, in Memphis, and it just didn't work out. But I am very excited to finally meet you in person September the 26th. Mm-hmm. I am, I, I am, you know how boys are just immature and goofy when, like, the, like they're just around females and certain females. Like, like, like that's how I feel when I think about September 26th and this education stuff. And it's like, man, like, I finally get to meet Tammy. I've never, <laughs> I've never met Tammy. And by the time I meet you, by the way, it'll be two years since we yeah. first connected. And I will finally get a chance to meet you. And it's like, man, I'm really excited to meet Tammy because I have a, I have a lot of respect for Tammy. I, I, I have nothing but unconditional love for Tammy. And so I'm so excited to meet you finally and be able to work with you um, at this education summit. So I, I'm just truly grateful and truly humble. And there's nothing but hope for America because of who you are. And I'm going to end it right there. Cousin Diane down in Atlanta, we will definitely see you next Monday where we are having our back-to-school segment. We're going to have a great show. Have a wonderful night. This has been a great show, Tammy. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.
all the desire. Oh, I just want it so bad. You know? And it just seems so real. It's right there. Just want to reach out and touch it. For what all disappears. Sometimes it feels like everything is passing me by. Every now and then it feels like my ship has gone and sailed away. But I, I gotta be strong.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.